Hi, it's Tom Panos, John McGrath, Million Dollar Agent. Welcome, Johnny. Hi, Tom. Good to see you. Uh, what's been happening last seven days? You've been in Queensland, you're back, you've been going to listings, or you've been doing training. What, what's been the main oh, thing? A bit of all of that. That's what I love about my job is I get to do all of those things. But uh, coaching a lot. I, I was The other day I was at the Smolin Group doing coaching, which was great because Shane's one of our great franchisees great and partners. Guy. Great guy. And, and he's a great mind about real estate. And every time I go to coach, I get a lot, as much feedback from the audience and from hearing things that they're doing and saying as I give. So it's a great gift. And Shane said something which I thought was really interesting. He said, you can turn a bad listing into a good listing with one crucial conversation. And I thought, wow, that's really profound. Because we're all there. No matter how good an agent they're, you're probably sitting there with a listing or two that are, that are tough. You look at them, you sort of it's, you've shown them plenty of times, no one wants to buy them, the vendor's a bit agitated, you haven't been able to get a sale. But he said, no, just turn it into a good listing. Go down and have a frank, honest, cut-to-the-chase conversation, and all of a sudden, an hour later, you actually might have that bad listing, a really great listing. That's, John, to me, a very profound statement, because even though we're in 2013, and even though that we've got MailChimp, we've got CRM systems, we've just been talking to your video guy that can do amazing videos, but what hasn't changed in 30 years is nothing happens without a conversation. Yeah, and crucial conversations are a skill that this industry needs to get and better at. John, words do change lives, don't they? I mean, they change lives of your clients. They get clients that are stuck to unstuck. They also change yourself. Um, and tell me some of the, 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 the things that in the over the years that you've heard that have had an impact in you. Um, look, I think you know, from in terms of um, strategies and so forth, we're talking about crucial conversations. Um, I think you've got to give people a reality check on what happens if they don't achieve their current result. And, and sometimes I'd say to vendors, Tom, if we can't achieve this result, what are you going to do with your home? And that makes them start to think, well, because they'd often had this price and maybe the price is too high and they're not even getting nibbles, but they keep hanging on to the fact they might get this price. Whereas you give them a reality check, you know, sometimes, Tom, this price is just, we're not going to get it. So what's your plan B? So you're right, words change lives. If all of a sudden you just say to someone, wow, okay, what are you going to do if that doesn't happen? And another thing, when you talk to a vendor, when you go into a listing, and you say, Tom, what's really important to you when you're going to choose an agent? What are going to be some of the important factors that you're going to choose them based on? Most vendors haven't even thought of that. All they've done is, honey, let's get a few agents in. We'll, we'll do a, you know, a parade of agents. We'll ask them what they want, get their fee submissions, and then we'll make a decision without thinking, okay, what am I about to embark upon and what are the skills and traits I'm looking for to deliver the results that I need? So the questions that we, so the questions that we ask can really be important to you know, tighten up and get people thinking in the right way. Yeah, and I think, John, as you're talking away, I can't help but thinking that you mentioned the words crucial conversations. We talked uh, the other week about going ugly early and telling people what they need to hear, not what they'd like to hear. Sometimes in life, the most crucial conversation is the one that you need to have with yourself at some point, isn't it? Oh, no doubt. Some people, you know, if I can say this respectfully, they're living a fantasy about their lives and about what's possible. and and they've got to get real about what it is they want and how they're going to achieve it. Uh, another thing I heard the other day which was really interesting and it, and it said, what are you pretending not to know? And I thought that was interesting. So it's really, yeah. is where are you fooling yourself? It, yeah. it was a polite way of saying where are you fooling yourself? So I think for all of us listening, especially at this time of year when we do have the opportunity to review this year before we start next year, have a good think about that. So you know, hopefully some of the stuff we're going to talk about over the next couple of podcasts will be a value. I can't help but laughing, John, because one of the things I picked up from you years ago was that simple s uh, sentence, are you on track or off track? And yep. um, 
uh, my nine-year-old, we, walk, we walked into uh, uh, a health protein shop to buy a protein bar the other day, and I've just trained her so much. I always say, Madeline, are you on track or off track? Straight away, she goes, on track. <laughs> and uh, the guy, big bodybuilder behind uh, uh, the shop at uh, Burwood, um, got a, he goes, hey, how are you going, young man? And she goes, good. She goes, everything going good? She's turned around and says, on track. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. <laughs> now, Johnny, let's talk uh, today about rituals, world-class rituals, because we know that inspiration is going to get you started, but we also know that habits are its what's going to keep you at it, you know? Um, so let's talk about habits or rituals or whatever we want to uh, define them as, but it's the daily systematic process of things that are critical behaviours that have a profound effect in your business and life. Uh, John, what are some of the, the rituals that you've noticed of the top agents that you've worked with, multi-million dollar writers, or even rituals that you've adopted in your own life? Let me share two things around this, Tom, before we go into the specifics. One was years ago I heard a quote from a guy called John Dryden, D-O-Y-D-E-N. I have no idea who he was, but it didn't matter. It was a great quote. And basically what he said was, first we make our habits, then our habits make us. And I thought, that's really interesting. Second one was, routine sets you free, which is kind of paradoxical. And people think, oh, I don't want to be too routine because then you know, I'm a kind of a creative, go with the flow kind of guy. But routine sets you free. If you do certain things when you should do them, how you should do them, you generally give yourself the opportunity and the space to do lots more creative, spontaneous stuff down the track. Okay, talking on that issue, like, do you have a rough idea in your mind how long would you have to practice something before it actually becomes rewired and part of your DNA and it is a habit? Well, they talk about, you know, sort of 20 or 30 days, and that feels about right for me, but you certainly need a number. It's like you know, going to the gym. You can't go once and think you're fit and healthy and you, you've got to do it and you've got to go through a bit of discomfort and a bit of pain and a little bit of sacrifice. But all of a sudden, most of the activities become pleasurable and you can see the results and people start commenting and you feel better about whether it's the gym or whether it's prospecting or, or sending thank you cards or whatever. But if you do these things ongoing for a period of time, you start seeing the results. So you've got to accept there's a lag time. You know, you can't do anything once or twice and then expect it to change your life. If you do it 20 or 30 times, it's almost guaranteed to change your life. So look, so, some of the things, you know, I know Tom, you're a great, you talk about the 5 a.m. club. Yeah, I think getting up early is a great ritual and a great habit. Now, whether that's 4 a.m., 5 a.m. or 6 a.m., it's up to you and really what you want to do in your personal circumstance. But like 7.30 or 8 o'clock ain't going to cut it. You've got to be up and at them, I think, with the early hours of the morning and then doing productive stuff, and whether that's meditation or yoga or exercise, something to get your body from a sleep state to a wake state, get it stretched, get it ready for the day. And you know, nowadays I love multitasking, so if I go for a 30, 40 minute walk, I love doing it and then listening to something like this, a podcast or an audio book or, or even sometimes music that really sort of gets my spirit livened up in the morning. But you know, sometimes you can actually blend rituals together and do things together that really have a, a profound impact. So I think that if you're going to have a, a ritual, get up a bit earlier, do something physical, uh, combine it potentially with something that switches your mind on, by 7.30am when many of your competition are just waking up and having their first coffee or turning on the 6.30 or 7.30am news, all of a sudden like you're in a whole different space. Well, let's just recap on that. Imagine starting your day where you wake up early, you have fueled your body with exercise, you've actually 
done it multitasking and fueled your mind with positivity, you, by 7 o'clock, 7.30, have got a two-and-a-half-hour advantage on the rest of the planet with most of your competitors because John you know most people are sort of you know shuffling through the kitchen you know a lot of people are sort of it's taking them two three hours to get going and by the time they've come into the office and they've spent half an hour listening to talk back radio as they've driven to the office they're not actually built for peak performance that day are they well it's a good point you make and not only are rituals things you do but rituals can or habits are things you don't do and you just mentioned there about the news I mean, I haven't listened to the news on radio or on television or watched on television for four or five years. And I used to, unbeknownst to me or, or unconsciously, be watching the news. And, you know, we all sort of, that became a bit of a habit for most of us in our lives. And it was sending me these negative message after negative message. And the Dow Jones has dropped and, you know, there was an earthquake here and someone was murdered there. And whether it was the, you know, 7 a.m. news or the 6 p.m. news, it's like giving you a lot of negativity. So yeah. I just cut that out. And my life is, so, A, is I end up with more time to do things like you're talking about exercise and positive stuff. Um, and, and B, is you're not you know, bombarding yourself with negative connotations. So it's, it's some things you should be doing, but some things you should not be doing. Okay, so what we're talking about is you will have rituals that are both good rituals and bad rituals. Mm. And I can't help with a lot of the video interviews that I do, John, I've noticed that a lot of the people that have made the shift from being ordinary to being a seven-figure agent, some of the, the rituals that they seem to have moved off is um, st instead of the, uh, hanging out in the office pretending to be busy, that they made it their business, that they would start the day with strong business development. You mention a lot 10 before 10, uh, whether it's 10 before 10 or whether it's... Um, so let's just talk about that. That's 10 prospecting connections before 10 a.m. So that's, that's a ritual. There's, there's two rituals around that that are, that are important for me. One is daily vendor calls. So that was my staple diet. So exercise, healthy breakfast, and daily vendor calls. So ring every vendor every day to let them know what's happening with their property and reassure them that you're on the case and you're working hard, number one. Two was 10 before 10. So yeah, that, that is, can you call 10 people? They could be pipeline sellers, they could be centers of influence, they could be expired listings, whoever might be in your potential prospecting database, make 10 calls before 10 a.m. So then, Theoretically, by 10, you've got yourself physically ready, mentally ready. You've fueled yourself up with some good food for the day. You've rung every vendor, and you've rung 10 prospective pieces of new business, and it's still only 10 a.m. Contrast that against most agents that are rocking in at 8.30, having you know, had a coffee and a cigarette and watch the 7 a.m. news, and you know, they're getting there, and their, their whole mindset is, is Disrupted wrong. the whole office. They're exactly right. So yeah, the key thing is really rate your morning ritual from when you get up to let's say 10 a.m. because that's like kind of a nice slot for the morning. How do you calibrate that on a world-class scale? So really important. John, what do you say to people that um, say, listen, 5 a.m., 6 a.m., that's, that's not me, I can't do that. I'm not the, the, maybe one of the excuses is I'm not a morning person. Yeah. Um, and you do need to get adequate sleep, John. I mean, you can't wake up at 5 o'clock or 6 o'clock and be going to bed at 12 o'clock, 12.30 while you've been hanging on the, you know, Facebook or watching you know, videos yep. or what have you. What's some of the advice you can give to people to actually start practicing that world-class morning ritual life? So it's really simple. I think number one is getting up early is not a genetic code. It's actually just a habit that you do. So let's get rid of the excuse that says I'm not a morning person. 
Um, two is, as you've just mentioned, I think really well, Tom, set, get the morning started the night before. So get to bed before midnight, in fact, well before midnight. I think two or three hours before midnight's really healthy. Um, do that so you're fresher in the morning so you can get yourself a good seven or eight hours sleep at least. I think that's really critical. The third thing is if you're struggling, just put your alarm clock back five minutes each day for the next week. That's going to get you up half an hour earlier. If you do it the week hour, the week later, and anyone can get up five minutes earlier tomorrow than they did today. Let's get real. And if you just keep doing that and you just keep nudging yourself back, all of a sudden you're going getting up from instead of at 6.45, you're getting up at 5.30. That gives you an extra you know, hour and a quarter each day. Okay. So, gang, finishing off here, we're just going to talk about and reinforce that first you make your habits, then your habits will make you understand that there's going to be a gap of the period between that hard work will pay off in the future, but laziness is going to pay off now, and you've got to be prepared to go through that teething period, John, where something feels unnatural, because it's not going to feel like brushing your teeth every day if you haven't if it's a new new habit so people have to be prepared to expect a little bit of friction in the early stages don't they John? Reality check is everything that's worthwhile feels hard at first whether it's prospecting exercise sending thank you cards meditation whatever it is anything that's worthwhile starts and it feels a bit tough at first so let's just get that straight and then you just move on and do it anyway because anything that's worthwhile is going to feel great sooner than later. Okay to all our listeners again we want to thank you the podcast continues to be ranked right up the top there on itunes we'd love you to spread the word to other real estate agents share the love and we'd also love to hear from you so if you've got any questions send them to tom at tompanos.com.au we want to tailor make this podcast to you we're designing this around your world John, thank you, and I will see you next week. Thanks, Tom.